Let me just share a little bit. If you guys are brand new at Living Stones, you know that we're, many of you come from a certain denomination. We're not anti-denomination. We're just non-denomination. Uh, this church was started in response to the word of the Lord coming to my mom and dad. We, it really didn't start as a church. We opened up our doors and started ministering to marriages way back in the day. And then so many people started getting their marriages yes, healed and their yes. families restored. Uh, yeah, that what was birthed out yeah, of all of that was, was a local church with Living Stones. 40 years. Can you believe it? 40-year anniversary this year. That's awesome. <laughs> 40 years later. But many people ask, you know, Pastor Ron, because it's not a denominational structure, you know, who, who's your oversight? Who, who, who do you go to for guidance, for wisdom, for accountability? And I, that's a great question because I believe pastors should be pastored. Amen. So I've got a great team of elders around here that speak into my life. I have a pastoral staff that speak into my life. Uh, and we have presbyters. Y'all remember the Raging Cajun, Rod Aguilar. If, you heard, if you've heard him once, you don't need to be re reminded because you know who I'm talking about. <laughs> Pastor Keith uh, Tusi, who right now is with uh, Pastor Dick and Susie Bashta in Honduras. It is our first graduating class for the Honduras Roar School happening right now. So that's awesome. I think uh, I must have signed 60 graduation certificates in the last couple of weeks. So that's exciting. That's Pastor Keith. But, but we're introducing you, for many of you first-timers, to uh, someone who is a very, very special dear friend of ours. We were just reminiscing last night. We've been together uh, relationally in covenant for over 20 years now. And, um, you know, there are certain people that you just come to know and love and appreciate every time they come. There's such richness that comes out of their heart. Uh, for Dr. Tetsola, there is just a powerful teaching anointing coupled with a powerful prophetic anointing. And here's what I love about the prophetic. You know, we're meeting as a staff. We're trying to figure out, Lord, where are you leading us and what's next and all of that. But when prophetic oversight comes in and begins to prophesy what the Lord has put in their heart over this place, and it's in it dovetails together. How I many you know it builds faith in your heart? that we're moving the right direction, we're hearing the Lord, and, uh, and that's what happens every single time Dr. Tetsola comes to minister to us. So I want you guys to hop to your feet and give the loudest, most raucous living stones welcome to our dear brother, Dr. Tetsola. <laughs> Amen. Love you, my friend. Love you, love you, love you. Amen. Come on, be seated. Wow. I was thinking the first crowd was more louder. And this crowd is much, much louder. If you, are, if you have your Bible, let's do it tracking real quick. I think I have um, a couple of uh, minutes. And I'm so glad that they actually told me this specific time. Because left to me, I can actually minister to you for 24 hours. Yeah. Yeah. And, and that is true. And uh, I don't feel no way tired while I'm ministering until I finish ministering. Then it catches up with me. First Timothy chapter 1, the book of First Timothy chapter 1. I want to focus on verse 18 to verse 19. And I'm dealing as it relates to warfare. I'm talking about how to birth and how to advance the promises of God through warfare. How do you birth the promises of God through warfare itself? Now, God's intention and God's desire for your life and for my life is for the promises of God to become a reality. 
When you go through scripture, you will find that there are promises that are allocated to you and I. There are promises that God spoke concerning your health, concerning your finances, concerning the relationship or the marriages in your life. But what you have to understand is this, that every believer don't really manifest these promises. The definition of a promise is simply the declaration of God's intention towards you. When you are born again and you are translated into the kingdom of God, God's mind is revealed to be manifested in your life. It is inherent in you that you must and you should enjoy the promises of God. But the truth is the promises of God doesn't just show up on its own. There are various ways that the promises of God are released to us. When you study scripture, as you study, the promise of God leaps into your spirit. And you believe that this is what God is saying to you. But also the promises of God are revealed through dreams and through visions. There are people that God has given the grace of dreaming and having visions. And God speaks to them through this area. When you study scriptures, you will find a lot of individuals in scripture. They have dreams and they have visions and the spirit of God communicated to them. One of the third way, which is very major, is through prophetic impartation. And this is when a prophet stands before you and begins to declare the mind of God to you. When you look at Isaiah chapter 9 verse 8, the Bible says that the word that was declared on Jacob lighted on Israel. Meaning that God spoke to Jacob but wasn't speaking to Jacob. He was speaking to Israel that was in Jacob that Jacob did not know was in him. The same in Genesis chapter 12. God was speaking to a man called Abram. But he wasn't speaking to Abraham, he was speaking to Abraham that was in Abraham that Abraham did not know was in him. That's the dimension of how God releases and exposes his mind, his will and his promises to us. But it is key to understand, beloved, because this is where we get frustrated. That simply because God makes a promise to you does not necessarily mean that the promise will come to pass. It is not because God doesn't want the promise to come to pass. It is because God plays his role and you have to play your role in the manifestation of any promise. So in Deuteronomy chapter 28 verse 1, the Bible says this, and it shall come to pass. And we rejoice over that one statement because we believe that God's intention is to bring anything and everything that he has promised to pass. But when you read the verse, it says, if that shall akin diligently to the voice of the Lord. The word to akin means to hear with an intent to do. If you akin diligently to the voice of the Lord your God to observe and to do all that is written therein, God promised that I'm going to lift you above the nations of the earth and I'm going to bless you. So there is a God responsibility but there is also your responsibility. Now notice now what Paul was now speaking to the son in the Lord Timothy. He said this charge I commit unto this son Timothy. According to the prophecies in other words according to the promises that God has spoken to you according to the prophecies which went before on thee that thou by them mightest war a good warfare. 
Every promise that is spoken to you has to be birthed through warfare. So I want to focus on the aspect of warfare in manifesting and birthing the promises of God. You know, as a believer, oftentimes we associate with a good God and a great God. And we fail to understand that every possibility that God intends to make a reality in your life, that the enemy will do everything to hinder it. The enemy doesn't want you to be healed. He doesn't want you to be delivered. He doesn't want you to be free. He doesn't want anything that God has spoken to become a reality. The enemy knows that you can defeat him, but he's counting on the fact that you are ignorant concerning the revelation of God's truth in your life. And the reality is, whatever areas of darkness that you experience in your life is often the areas that the enemy will defeat you in. And so when light comes, or when revelation comes in an area of healing, in an area of deliverance or prosperity, victory appears in that area. In 6.12 of Ephesians, the Bible says that the devil rules in darkness. What it means is every area that the devil or the enemy has strength in is because there is darkness in that area. Darkness does not mean dark. It implies ignorance. It implies the absence of light or the absence of revelation in that area. So how do we war effectively to make sure, to make sure that the promises of God becomes a reality? It is important that you understand this. That brings us to the next scripture, Acts chapter 14. In Acts chapter 14, look at verse 21 to verse 24. Acts 14 verse 21 to verse 24. And when they had preached the gospel to that city and had taught many, they returned again to Lystra and to Iconium and to Antioch. Now notice the next verse in verse 22. It says, confirming the souls of the disciples and exhorting them to continue in the faith. And that, very important, underline that, and that we must through much tribulation much difficulty, much conflict, much battles enter into the kingdom of God. The kingdom of God here means the full manifestation of God. It talks about the healing, the joy, the peace, everything that God intends to become a reality in your life. But for you to enter into the kingdom, it, you have to go through conflict and battles. And that brings us to warfare. The enemy will do anything and everything possible that the kingdom of God is not manifested in your life. So what is warfare itself? What is warfare? It is important that you understand what, fair, what warfare is because once you have a revelation of it, then you understand how to properly fight from it. So genuine spiritual warfare is the concept of the believer warring, fighting, and resisting from the place of victory. It is a key word, from the place of victory. So the believer doesn't war for victory. You don't war for victory. You war from the place of victory. Meaning that uh, you have been victorious already. Everything that concerns life has been released to you. The enemy cannot defeat you without your permission. 
The enemy cannot have victory over your life without your permission. Because the strength to be victorious has been released to you. So when you are warring against the enemy, you're not warring for victory. You're not warring to be healed or to be delivered. You are warring from victory. It is a war that you have to become used to. That your spirit has to grab hold of. So when the enemy attacks you and tells you you are not going to be healed and tells you you are not going to be delivered. He came too late to declare that because already victory has been established on your behalf. Beloved, hear me. It is critical that you understand this dimension. It is from and not for. It is from and not for. I'm not fighting for any victory. I already got the victory in my life and you have got it in your life. But this is the problem. In order to walk in this dimension, you have to have three revelations. Please hear me. Revelation is one of the most powerful things you can have as a believer because revelation not only gives you insight but revelation also gives you the confidence that comes out of the spirit of faith to be able to stand against what the enemy released. And then the third thing, revelation permits you to step out without fear to accomplish what God calls you to. It is something that happens inside of you. There are two words for revelation. One is kenosis, the other is epignosis. Epignosis is that which God downloads into your spirit. And the moment it gets into your spirit, fear leaves you, worriness leaves, anxiety leaves, everything that has the potential to derail your ability to be successful leaves you because you have a revelation concerning that area. Three revelations. The first revelation that you must have is the revelation of who you are in Christ. The revelation of who you are in Christ. You will never be able to birth the promises of God and walk in the dimension of greatness in your life unless you have a revelation knowledge of who am I in Christ. Just think about it for just a moment. You as an American, if you don't know who you are as an American, you can be taken advantage of. That's the same thing in the kingdom of God. You got born again, you got translated into this kingdom and in the kingdom of God, you need to get a revelation of who I am in Christ. I gave the illustration in the first service of how I was flying to one nation on the earth and in flying, I was flying on Lufthansa and before we ever got to that country, the, the pilot, they announced that the plane was going down. It was going down. And so you have all the stewardess that were freaking out and when you find the stewardess on the plane panicking and every passenger panicking, fear comes on that plane. It is amazing. Everybody was calling their God, including the Muslim and the Christians there. But one of the things that I learned in that experience was this, that even the Christians that were praying, were praying out of fear. Do you know you can pray out of fear and not in faith? So I woke up because I was sleeping in the business class and I realized that I'm going to have to preach the moment the plane lands. When I woke up and I asked what was going on and they said, well, this was the commotion. I went back to sleep and I covered myself with a blanket. 
I did that because I understood who I was in Christ. That God will never send me on an errand and then kill me on the hair. It is a revelation that you have to have. You have to know this as it relates to your relationship with God. Being born again is not just enough. You can come to Christ and don't know God. Your only guarantee is that you will go to heaven, but your ability to be successful on earth here will be denied to you. So there is a point where you come to Christ. Your heart believes, your mouth speaks, and you are born again. But then there is a place where you come to know God. To know God is coming to that place of dependence, reliance, and surrendering on him that he takes control over your life and dictates how you function. So the Bible puts it this way in the book of Daniel, that they that know their God shall be strong, and they, they shall do exploit. Not they that are born again, they that know their God, they shall be strong, and then they'll do exploit. The second revelation that you have to have is the revelation of who Christ is to you. The first one is who you are in Christ. The second one is who Christ is to you. Who is Christ to you? What is your perception of Christ? Who is he to you? What is the working of God on your behalf? When you study the book of Numbers, I think Numbers chapter 11, the Bible talks about the 12 spies. The 12 spies went to spy the land. They came back and 10 of them had a negative opinion. But two of them had a different opinion. The difference between the two and the 10 was that the 10 elevated the power of facts, F-A-C-T-S, than the power of faith than the power of faith. The power of faith is built on truth. It is a fact that you are sick, but it is true that you are healed. It is a fact that you lack finances, but it is true that God will supply all of your need according to his riches in glory. So here you have these 10 men who elevated the power of facts over the power of truth. So they came back with a report that we are not able to take the land. But two, Caleb and Joshua, stood with truth, even though the fact says we can't do this on our own. But they depend and rely on the strength of God and they believe that out of the strength that they are able to take the land. You probably know the story that, Je that Caleb and Joshua eventually became people who actually went in and the rest never went in. The third, very key, the third truth and revelation that you must understand is the revelation of your power and authority in Christ. The revelation of your power and authority in Christ. See, when God saved you and you are in the kingdom, you are not just in the kingdom to sing kumbaya and hallelujah, hallelujah and fall on the floor. You are in the kingdom to demonstrate his power and his authority. Okay? In the kingdom to demonstrate his power and his authority. The enemy knows that you got power and you got authority. But the question is, you don't know you got power and you got authority. So having a revelation of that in you now permits you to live at a higher dimension where the enemy cannot dominate you or control you. It gives you an audacity. It gives you a boldness. It gives you a confidence. It infuses something in you that impossibilities becomes a reality.
I gave an illustration about ministering deliverance. I was ministering deliverance to a lady outside of the country. And she began to manifest herself in the form of a serpent. And she was literally crawling, acting like a serpent. I mean, I can't even believe it. Explaining it to you, if you've not experienced it, you might not believe. She crawls under the chairs, open her mouth, and there was this greenish saliva that was coming. And she was just wagging her tongue. And she came close to me and erect herself almost like a serpent. Now, when you see that and you don't know the dimension and the revelation of your authority, you may freak out. <laughs> Fear comes on you. Okay? Because all you're trying to do is to avoid this. I don't want this to come to me. But this is the thing about the God you serve. Do you know God lives in you? Do you really know that? I'm not just asking you to respond to me. Do you really know he lives in you? That the great God, the almighty God, the creator of heaven and earth, the one that heals, that delivers, he resides in you in his fullness. It's not just 99% or 90%. In his fullness, he resides in you to demonstrate and to manifest himself. So she crawled and everybody was looking. And the interesting thing was it was outside on a tent because the building could not hold the crowds. And there were ministers uh, when I say ministers, not church ministers, there were ministerial cabinets in the country that came to the meeting. They were washing, and she raised up her head. And I said, in the name of Jesus Christ, I command you, come out of her. Amen. Well, when I declare, come out of her, she went down for almost one hour and a half, as if she was dead. You could try to lift her up. She wouldn't get up. Because that spirit was try, you know, coming out of her. And the exhaustion. She was there for almost an hour and a half. The revelation of the power and the authority of God in you. Makes it possible for you to be able to birth the promises of God. Because when the enemy wars against you and do everything possible to make sure there is no manifestation, you have to war against the enemy and defeat him. The nation of America, this nation, really don't understand more of the dimension of spirit living. That everything begins in the spirit realm. It doesn't begin in the physical realm. Yeah? It is first in the spirit and then second in the physical realm. So you have to know how to ascend into the spirit realm and deal with every circumstances before it ever arrives in the physical realm. That is why it is easy for which causes, uh, you know, occultic spirit to be prevalent and the demonic spirit can have a hold and a control over an individual and because you don't know the working of this spirit you can be a Christian in the kingdom and still be bound in your soul because you don't have a revelation of your authority and your power in God please hear me beloved it is important that you understand it. God wants you to defeat anything and everything that the enemy brings against you. But not in your strength. Not in your might. 
not in your power. It is in his strength that you carry in you. He lives in you. I remember ministering to an individual who they say cannot have a child because in the spirit realm, the demonic spirit actually arranged it for she not to have a child. So every time she gets pregnant, she will have a miscarriage. And she goes to the doctor. And the doctor cannot figure out anything. The doctor says, but you're fine. We don't know this. How on earth do you expect the doctor to understand the demonic realm and understand the dimension of the spirit? Okay, And she came to a meeting. While in the meeting, she was complaining. This is how long? For 10 years? And she is a believer. You say, well, this is easy. This isn't difficult. And I remember the husband and the wife looked at me. I said, it is the power of God. Remember, there is a life before this life. It is the spirit realm. It is the spirit realm. Do you understand that? The spirit realm. You are a spirit Say this with me. I am a spirit. Come on, come on. Cute people say it after me. I am a spirit. And some men say it after me. I am a spirit. Come on, come on. You are a spirit. You have a soul. And you live in a body. The life of you is your spirit. You know, James 2, 26 makes it clear. He says, what gives life to the body, what gives life to the body is the spirit itself. And so when she came, I lay hands on, on her stomach and I break, break that spirit. Because there is a spirit that is preventing it. The spirit was broken. I mean, she has seven children now. I mean, she, she became a, product, a production machine, just producing baby. See, that's what the revelation of the power of God can do to you. You can have a long-standing condition, sickness in your body, that is directly attached to a satanic spirit. And you've tried and tried and tried and not rectified until you come to that revelation of the power of God. And when you function, not just say in the name of Jesus, in the name of Jesus, no, 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 no. The book of Acts says it is faith in that name that made them whole. It wasn't just that name. It is faith in that name. It is the revelation of the dimension of the spirit of faith in the name that produces the result. So I could mention Jesus. That doesn't mean it will produce a result. But the revelation in that name, that faith in that name, activates anything and breaks the power of the enemy and brings freedom to you. I want to believe that for you this morning. I want to believe that the hand of the Lord will touch you and will address situations in your life. And every promises, every promises that God has given to you, I want you to believe that the Spirit of God can make it happen. You said, Apostle John, you don't understand. My condition is horrible. You are right. 
You don't understand. It has been a long time. You are also right. You don't understand. I can't find a job. I'm sick in my... I mean, we could go on and on and on and on. There is never a condition or a situation that Jesus Christ cannot deal with. He is a specialist. A specialist. He could deal with anything. I could go on and share testimonies with you. That revelation makes it possible. Periodically, when I walked the city of New York, and my wife experienced this, there is this woman that will see us far away. We don't know her. She will run after us. We hate you. We hate you. You guys are creating problem in our kingdom. No, we don't want to see you. And she, and she will just, if you don't know, you will think we know her. But you see, is that demonic spirit that is in her. And she noticed the power of God. And she become aggressive. And one time I was so upset, I turned around. And I point my finger towards her. And I said in the name of Jesus. She started running. Now the thing is. When people see you do that on the street. They think. There is a physical confrontation. That you know this person. Or this person knows you. I said in the name of Jesus. She begins to run. This isn't a fluke. If you want promises to be birth you're going to have to war with these three revelations the revelation of who you are in Christ number two the revelation of who Christ is to you number three the revelation of the power and the authority in Christ and once you capture these three revelations and it becomes your portion, the enemy can defeat you. There is a style of life you begin to live that when people see you, they will think you arrogant. But the reality is you have so much confidence on the integrity and the ability of God to work on your behalf. And because of that, God shows up on your behalf every time. I want you to stand on your feet now. And I want us to believe God this morning. Let's believe God for his power. And let's believe God for his grace to work on your behalf. I want you to put your hand on your chest. And I want you to use it as a point of contact. Maybe you know of a friend that isn't here. That is bound by some conditions. Whether sicknesses, infirmities, attack against their mind, marriage, whatever it is. Or maybe it is you. I want you to believe that God cares for you so much. That he wants to free you and he wants to bring you to the place where you begin to manifest the very promises that he has spoken to you.
It is your right. It is your inheritance. There is nobody else here in this building but just you and the mighty Holy Spirit. If you can see it, you can seize it. If you can imagine the power of God working on your behalf, touching your spouse, touching your businesses, touching your health, whatever areas you struggle in, if you can imagine it, if you can see it, you can seize it. Your eyes closed. Father, in the name of Jesus, I pray for every single individual in this building and those watching this broadcast. People with situation and circumstances, sicknesses and diseases, depression, discouragement, worriness, anxiety, whatever forms of bondages that the enemy has inflicted on your people. Every word causes, every spell, voodoo, black magic, santaria, every witchcraft spirit, I challenge you in the spirit realm and in the physical realm. I arrest every single one of you foul spirit. I bind you over the lives of people. I break your powers. I destroy your whole and I command everyone, everyone, everyone to be loose and to be free from the crown of your head to the sole of your feet. I command the healing power into your body. I command the delivering power into your body. I command joy in the place of depression. I command peace in the place of discouragement. I command healing and deliverances in the place of bondage. I command the doors that have been closed over a long period of time to be open for you. I prophesy this morning that every one of you that have heard the sound of God's voice will leave this building totally different. You will live lifted, exalted, free, excited, illuminated that the anointing and the grace of God becomes a reality in your life. I decree this and I declare this in Jesus Christ's name. Amen. If you believe that, shout amen. amen. And amen. amen. Come on, come on. Amen. amen. Hallelujah. Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Lord. So when you leave this morning, you leave free. You leave delivered. You live strong and exciting and glad and live with the realization that every victory that you get comes from the degree of the revelation of what you have concerning the things of the Spirit. We have books there on our book table. We've not had the time to go through all of them and just talk about it. I want you to visit our book table and just be a blessing to us that when we fly out after the entire service back to New York, and then when I get to New York I'm flying out of the country we want to make sure we're not taking any books back amen God bless you church